HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. No antibiotics, herbicides, or pesticides. Just pure chicken, humanely raised on a vegetarian diet. It's the natural choice of celebrated chefs. For more information, visit m.springermountainfarms.com. Radio Network on tour. We're your hosts. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler. I'm still Jack Inslee standing here somehow still after here. all the eating that we've been doing for the past two days. <laughs> We're staying strong. Yes. We're doing good. We are on location today in Nashville, Tennessee. We're with Chef Tandy Wilson at City House. We're actually at the chef's counter too. This is awesome. This is the first interview I've done where I'm looking at a fire and a chef at the same time. Several fires. Several fires, Uh, that's true. We're basking in the glow of the wood-fired pizza oven, and uh, we're also facing the, uh, how many burners we got there? Looks like about a dozen burners. Twelve good dozen Uh, burners. Yeah, beautiful open kitchen here. And our our guest tonight's fresh off of uh, an appearance on on Bourdain's Parts Unknown, right? The season finale. Yeah. That's kind of like the talk of Nashville right now. It is literally the talk of the town. Um, Awesome. We are so lucky today to be hanging out with Tandy Wilson. His name's been coming up a lot on this trip because he has been a mentor and a role model to so many great chefs in the area. And he's drawing huge national recognition as well. The uh, Parts Unknown is just the beginning. And um, he was recently named Best New Chef in the Southeast by Food & Wine. And importantly, he won the James Beard Foundation Best Chef Southeast Award this year. So as a Nashville native, we know that he's going to have some great insights about the city culture and the culinary scene here. Chef, thank you so much for having us tonight. Very happy to be here. Happy to have y'all. Awesome. You can grab that mic right there. Sweet. So, uh, wow, uh, this segment's actually called Rapid Fire, and it couldn't be any more appropriate. Yeah, Uh, we got the ticket going off as well. Oh, wow. I like that. Ticket sliding right in front yeah. of us. Live fire. We're gonna have firing. like service sounds in this interview, which is absolutely perfect for food radio. So these questions are easy, nice and quick. Uh, the first thing I want to know is what your last great bite was. So like today, what's the last great thing you had to eat? Oh, uh, we make a vanilla malt gelato. Really, uh, our pastry chef Rebecca Tertian and Shannon, her assistant, and they spun that today. And that, so if I if I see them spin that, I, I eat it before it sets fully. You know that that soft, just spun. It's like the equivalent gelato. of raw cookie dough, kind yeah, of for gelato. Yeah, it's just that that was, 
Yeah, I don't eat anything for a while after that because you want that taste to linger. Awesome, great answer. Um, this is a fun one and you have to be honest, but what's in your home refrigerator like as we speak right now? Give us the visual. A cooking vessel with the lid on it, which I would never allow. Uh, <laughs> that, that, there's, we have a lot of food, actually. You know, I, I have uh, my wife and my three-year-old son at home, and, and my wife cooks sometimes twice a day at home. So we have a lot of fresh vegetables, and uh, th there's some cheese and, and, and cured meat. There, there's no fresh proteins, and, uh, you know, it, the same stuff you'd seen everybody else's after that. Well, I mean, you're winning that in, in terms of this trip because everybody else, their, their fridge is like old cilantro, maybe a beer or two. And, yeah. No, we, we cook at home. I, I'll leave work and go cook at home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, it's, it's very important in our house. The garden out back, all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, next one should be interesting. I want to know what your favorite childhood meal is, like what comes to mind immediately. I'm trying to think of what number one would be mm. so that I don't... Um, I mean, it, it was spaghetti night was probably my favorite for sure. You know, um, I grew up around Southern food and and cornbread. You know, that's like the manna of the South and, and something that I learned to make from my mom and grandma. But you know, as a kid, it's like something that's everywhere. And spaghetti was kind of exotic, to be honest. <laughs> and you know, like. When we started going out to eat when I was a little kid was when Nashville started getting, like, restaurants. When the Shoney's opened near our house, that was, like, when we started going out. Other than that, we was ate Was that a home. big moment in Nashville when the Shoney's opened? I mean, I was pretty young to, like, to be able to grab that scope. But, yeah, I, I think that it, it kind of was. And, and that, that kind of brought cooking on a restaurant level that wasn't just mom and pop. For maybe, you know, we, we had meat and threes prior to that and, and they're a lunch only type of deal so uh, yeah that that was like that was food coming to town I, a little bit of a tangent here but we were just talking to Carrie at um, Peg Lake Porkers and he was talking about how chain restaurants were really important to Nashville and a lot of people think it's been like hot chicken is the real traditional thing of Nashville but he was kind of talking about the chain restaurants I mean do, do you feel the same way I feel like they've had their hand in our development I don't know that I would use the word important, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, but it, yeah, like that's the way food went, you know, I mean, you look at chefs now and we're trying to drive off industrial farming it, 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 in all its ways, right? It, but it, it went from at home and, and, and at the mom and pop restaurants to industrializing our system and making it to where this Shoney's can have the same shrimp as that Shoney's, you know. Um, I think it's part of our history, for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good segue to the next question, which speaks maybe to how things have developed. What's your proudest piece of produce, like right now as we speak in the restaurant? It's a weird. It's, it's what are we? October. No, it's October third. If we had any yellow squash left, from one particular farmer grows a crookneck yellow squash that's like my favorite thing. But so and, they, and that's gone at this moment. But we have turnip greens from from Troy Smiley. Smiley Hollow Farm right now, and that's that's a near and dear piece of food to this restaurant. Awesome, cool. Um, this is the last question here. What's your what's your post shift drink? I've been asking chefs this too. Water. Yeah. I don't drink anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't had a drink in like uh, five years now. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Se yeah. Second chef to have that answer. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it gets to a point where it's too much to juggle. 
and, and, and your, your life starts spinning in this business. And I mean, stopping that brought my feet right back to the ground. And, you know, allowed me to focus and, and be happy at work and home. It was a big key for me. Wise words, as we have many aspiring cooks and chefs listening to Heritage Radio Network take notes. Um, on that note, we're going to take a very quick break. But actually, before we do that, I do have to ask, since Springer Mountain Farms is responsible for us being here, um, what's what's your favorite thing to do with chicken in the restaurant? I, I like the smoked chicken. We're, we're in no way a barbecue place, but... Uh, we got a smoker from Pegleg, actually. He told us. And, and he told so, us another story about yeah, that smoker. Yeah, yeah, we caught that thing on fire. Wow. Uh, but uh, we smoked chickens a lot of Sundays back there. And, and on the 4th, we did a big party with Springer Mountain. And we smoked, we smoked tons of chickens on a cinder block pit. That, that, that was the most fun. Yeah. yeah we, I think it was 50 birds at once. And... It, that was just a blast. Did you have fun with that smoker? From? Oh yeah, yeah. The cinder block, you know, like the 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 thing, like the smoker that Carrie built is amazing, and it allows us to be in this kitchen while we know our food is being taken care of. But if you can stand over the fire for the whole duration, and, and you're burning wood down to coals, and, and you're working off a cinder block and a metal grate with some barn tin. It's really fun, and that smoker breathes, you know. There's gaps between all those blocks, so it gives a different cook, for sure. Great. Well, on that note, we will take a quick break right now. A uh, quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back, so please stay with us. It's Jack Inslee here with Katie Mosman-Wadler on Heritage Radio Network's on-tour coverage, Nashville, Tennessee. We're at City House. We'll be right back. This episode was brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. For almost 50 years, Springer has been family-owned and family-run. Today, there are over 300 family farmers raising birds in Georgia's Blue Ridge Mountains. Many of them are second, even third generation. They're committed to doing things the right way. Springer was one of the first poultry companies to forego the use of antibiotics, and they've embraced other humane practices too. In fact, they were the first poultry company to earn the American Humane Association's seal of approval. Springer has also led the way in testing for and eliminating all herbicides and pesticides from the chicken's feed supply. Springer Mountain farmers know what's best for your chicken. We're into that. Better feed, better care for the animals. It just makes sense. From their family's farms to your family's table, Springer Mountain Farms. For more information, visit m.springermountainfarms.com. All right, we are back. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network on tour in Nashville, Tennessee. And our guest today is Chef Tandy Wilson of City House. Tandy, during that break, you got a very, very sweet hug. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who that was? That, yeah, that was my son. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he's my three-year-old boy. I'm sorry, I get a little emotional. Oh. <laughs> but um, he's the best. Yeah. yeah. Changed my life in ways I never know would happen. Yeah. What a sweetheart. Yeah, uh, Tandy just popped back into the back kitchen door and got a huge bear hug from this very sweet little boy. That's <laughs> really nice yeah. to see. With an awesome oh, yeah. rainbow snake. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah. He's way cooler than I could ever think about being. Oh. That's <laughs> what we always hope for our kids, right? Um, all right. So on that note, you uh, were around food a lot as a kid. And um, you know, I've seen stories in your bio about cooking and um, being a part of the whole family cooking scene. When did you first know that you wanted to make a culinary career? Um, 
when I was in college, I, I took a job washing dishes my freshman year, and uh, my, my sister was like, stay, stay up there this summer, don't come home, you're just going to fight with mom and dad, because you're used to being free, and they're not going to let that happen, you know, and, uh, and so I did, and when I showed that commitment, my parents followed up and came behind, and they, you know, they were like, I think they, 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 they told me, basically. And so, you know, as soon as they said it, it was like a light bulb went off, and I was ready to pack my bags and leave college, and uh, they were like, no, you, you need to finish this, and then we'll talk about that. So I ended up in restaurants through the rest of my years at UT, uh, and, I, and actually I worked full-time and, and graduated in four years, and uh, the oh, I'm sorry, yeah. But the um, the restaurants, as much as they brought the wild side out, um, they created a lot of discipline for me as well. Yeah. Uh, what was the most influential restaurant on your culinary training when you were coming up? I, I think it it would have to be Trevigne. I, I worked there for two and a. Yeah, two and a half years in St. Helena. Uh, it closed last year, I think, which was, you know, it, I mean, it was coming, but it was sad to see, I think. And uh, it, it was a it was a cool place. I mean, to learn about, you know, cooking right off the farm and, and doing it on a level with, with just no fear about it. it. There was, it was like, look at what we can make. And no matter how hard it was to make it, the, the opinion was, we can make this for a thousand guests if we need to. So th there's a certain swagger to that place that I, I'm not supremely confident guy, but that, that stuck with me about what we can accomplish in the kitchen. All right. Did you ever have an epic kitchen fail that uh, you think eventually maybe you learned something from and helped you develop a little bit more towards that swagger? I had a, yeah, yeah, when I was out there, uh, I undercooked some chicken for a banquet one time, and that was the most embarrassing thing in the world, and though, you know, those things, you, you don't forget about them, and, and I thought about it getting ready for work every day for like the year after that, and uh, it's, it's guilt and stupidity, you know, I, I beat myself up really, really hard about it, and I think it was a good thing I did because that's not something we really do <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was an epic fail. It was a big one. <laughs> so what was something at that time that you did that you felt really great about to kind of make up for that? I think I think shortly thereafter I got to put, I did, it wasn't ever printed on the menu. It was like a daily, a daily selection risotto type of thing. And like shortly after that I got to put my idea on the menu. You know, we say my idea, a conglomeration of all the ideas that I'd seen prior. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from so from some very unfortunate undercooked chicken to oh, coming yeah. around and feeling Terribly, really confident about yeah, your results. Yeah, yeah. To see something, an idea represented on the menu for a week was was uh -huh. really amazing. Yeah. Cool. What's uh What's been your vision for City House, and how has that evolved since you opened in two thousand seven? I think I think in 2007, you know, the the idea was there. There were some cornerstone philosophies about integrity and, and and just trying to be as transparent as we possibly can. You know, um, 
and, and make a deal with the community to where they trust us. Mm-hmm. I, th- those were really rough ideas at the beginning. And I think that that's the hardest thing at the beginning of a restaurant is to, especially if it's your first, to define what it is and yourself and what you're doing. So through, through triumphs and mistakes over the coming years, you know, it, it, I, st- I didn't know what we were doing here for a long time. And, and, and I created a structure of this Italian idea and Southern food and, and rules. And, and now I think we know what we're doing. And so all the rules have been shed and we just cook food. And, and, uh, you know, it, so it takes a while to grow into that skin and, and feel good about it. And I imagine it takes some time to build up those relationships with your suppliers because you are really, really dedicated to your sourcing strategies. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about how um, how maybe you've built up your produce networks? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Tan- Tana Comer at Eaton's Creek Organics was like, like our first contact. And um, and so she, she introduced us to, to Tally at Turnbull Creek, and that's been an amazing relationship. And... You know, but with those two primarily, that's who we talk about what we want in the coming seasons, and they tell us what they're going to do. It's a two-way street, you know, and we need to know what does good on their farm. It's a trying to maximize the production off of their farm for this place has been a, a really fun puzzle to play with. Um, and then, you know, we're right here downtown. So Troy at the downtown farmer's market, uh, he's not an organic farmer. He does spray as little as possible, but his roots run deeper farming in this community than anybody's. So for me, I believe he's a piece to the puzzle. And yeah. without him, we, 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 we would lose a lot. Yeah. So, you know, it takes time. you got to meet people and earn their trust and, and show them that you're for real and you really... Like, you know, we want to buy and, 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 and we want to buy regularly. I think that was a big thing. And, and you'll see as we eat some food in a little while, like, we don't, it's, it's not a small portion of anything really here. So, you know, we buy cases of vegetables. And that was a huge help for us. It really got our foot in the door with the farmers, let them know that we're serious, rather than buying pounds, buying cases. Yeah. So the partnerships are really critical. Yeah, um, yeah. It, you know, one of our biggest transitions was was we used uh, heritage for all of our ears and heads represent. and tails and everything at the beginning. We bought hearts and and, um, and so yeah, it was a huge thing because it gave us a, an advantage as far as writing our menus to work with things that people had never really seen in this market. Mm-hmm. And and then it. it it blossomed into a, a great relationship with Bear Creek Farms, which is our, a local pork and beef and lamb producer. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were able to take what we knew from working with y'all, where we got delivered cuts into what is a, a half hog a week program with them now yeah. uh, to translate it into you know the best we can. It's so cool that you were able to turn those kind of unique and you know, mostly foreign to the population at the time products into something that was an advantage for you because we often hear people who are a little bit worried about making that switch to kind of the less popular cuts or, or something they might not have heard of before. Right. So it's awesome that you were able to turn that around. Well, you know, it, we're, we're in the South here, and, and I don't know that it would be different in really any culture, but as you start to dig into your heritage, 
none of it is that far back. It's true. This is stuff that, that my grandma did. Yeah. You know, both of them. And it, so, it, you know, like the larder from the Morrison side of my family is something that's still around that they boiled, you know, all the skin and fat down into the lard to cook with. So the, these things aren't like far away from us. They were yeah. just kind of shuttered by, by, by bigger restaurants for a while, I uh -huh. guess. Uh -huh. um, well, kind of on that note of partnerships, um, you've cooked with a lot of great chefs from the Nashville area. We were just talking with Carrie. We know you guys recently did a dinner at the Beard House together. Yeah. Um, who are your, some of your favorite chefs in Nashville to eat with or to cook with? I, I eat with, with Phil over at, uh, like, whose restaurants I go to? Is that what you're asking like, me? Or who like, eat? which chefs are the most fun to actually eat food with? Oh, yeah. Phil is a great guy. Uh, but I think my tight circle is is the people you saw me on TV with mostly. You know, Pat and Tyler, I spend a lot of time with them. We get our families together at least a couple times a year. Yeah. And, and it's usually just a madhouse when all the kids are running wild. Um so, so those guys, for sure, I definitely enjoy dining with them. I, I like to eat with Margot McCormick a lot, though. She's just, uh, she's a mentor to me. And I worked, I worked for her for two and a half years, and it, it was phenomenal. I, I say uh, she put the icing on the cake for me because she was the one that said, here's this piece of paper that needs to be a menu today, you know? Yeah. And no one ever did that for me before, and no one trusted me like that. Uh -huh. But she's just a great person and a great friend and, and funny and fun yeah. and enjoyable. Cool, thank you. I have one more question for you, which is uh, just wondering if you want to say a little something about the uh, Little Chef Big Chef project that you did yeah. with uh, Louie's kids. Yeah, it was a great thing. Um, you know, we come to work every day and just kind of put our heads down and go to the grindstone. But to bringing the kids into the kitchen, it took us out of our comfort zone and put us in a place. Uh, I don't. To me, it brought a bit more of a respect even into the kitchen and enjoyment. And to see them, like, you know, uh, really, I think the cool days. Rebecca Tertian, our pastry chef here, had them, and she was naturally better at this than I was and we, we both did things but just watching her take the kids and make biscuits and make cornbread it, it, you know it, it was really a neat thing and then the, the dinner at the end was phenomenal uh, just an experience that I wasn't expecting and blew me out of the water and it, it was really neat it was a, it, you know we're, we're turning into a community restaurant and, and I think it was a great community event for that yeah Thank you. That looked like such a cool project. You can check them out if you Google um, Little Chef, Big Chef, Nashville. Um, there's some really great footage online. You should check it out. Um, so I want to um, thank you so much for answering my questions. Of course. We have another special guest who would love to ask you a question. Odetta Hartman is a writer and musician and a friend of Heritage Radio Network. And as we're in Music City, we want to hand it over for a little music question. Sounds great. How do you do? Great. How are you? I'm great. I'm having such a great time down here. And I just want to kind of round out this delicious conversation with some music. And we're wondering, who is your favorite musical artist? I, I think, wow, that's like a what's your favorite food right there. The most important <laughs> band to my adult life is the Drive-By Truckers. Uh, my favorite 
actual artist? I think that's a different question for somebody who lives in Nashville because we see these people a lot. And uh, so it would kind of be somewhere between John Prine and Marty Stewart. So John Prine just played at the Ryman a couple of days ago. Yeah. Did he have the lucky chance to come into your restaurant and have dinner? He has not been in yet. Okay, and, so imagine uh, he wants to come in as right. soon as possible. What right. are you going to plate up for him and serve? The sour corn cake on our menu, it's like an unleavened fermented corn cake with, with beans. And then the, we treat yellow squash in an Italian, like a Roman way. We roast it, don't fry it, but it's marinated in vinegar with garlic and mint. But it's it's like a, it is a very European idea like farinata becomes cornbread uh, but it's southern food and, and I really like feeding it to southern people amazing that sounds delicious thank you awesome well chef thanks so much we have two more quick ones uh, this is something we've been asking all the chefs down here we call it big ups kind of giving you a chance to big up somebody else in the community that's doing great work that you think you know should be shouted out and uh, more people should know about their work oh yeah uh this place is about to open, TKO. They're in here somewhere. They're having their last meal before it starts. But it, uh, it, it's it's uh, Ryan and Ann Bernhardt, and it's kind of their take on, on Chinese, Cantonese. And it's got a lot of southern notes, but still just kind of cooking what they want to. But they got a really cool wok station with the big, you know, burn. I mean, crazy firepower. Just looks really fun to cook on. Uh, so I, I've, I've tasted and seen, and I haven't been to the live action yet, but TKO Nashville is going to be an awesome thing. You can't see the TKO shirt, but repping in full effect right here. Um, and sort of selfish question as we're tourists ourselves, but for people coming to Nashville for the first time, where are you sending them right off the plane? Like, you know, what's, what's the first cab? Yeah, I always say that, that Arnold's, it's it's a famous meet and three here, but that, that restaurant defines our city better than any other. Yeah. And I imagine everyone has told you that. Or, oh, we had it for lunch. That was oh, our yeah. first lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what they do, you know, it, it's not like, it, it opened in the 80s, you know, so it's not like some way back thing. It is a living, breathing business that is gone from the first generation. Well, it's moving from the first generation into the second and, and they continue to expand and improve. Um, it really, it, it speaks to this city better than any other place here. And would you say that sort of is what Nashville food is to you? Does Arnold's kind of really represent it? I mean, I was going to ask you, like, you know, what is that, Nashville yeah, food I think, to you? Yeah, I think the history of, of Nashville food is represented there. It, it, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where, where we're headed, where we're going... I think we've met, you know, we have all kinds of ideas for that. <laughs> Including TKO. And there's room for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. We'll pass it to Katie to wrap up. All right. Thank you again, Tandy. This has been amazing. It's just so incredible to be sitting here in front of the fire talking to you in the kitchen. Um, it's really a special treat for us. Uh, for our listeners, I'd love to encourage you all to check out Chef Tandy at Big Tandy on social media. And you can also follow at City House. Um, so thank you so much for having us here today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you all for coming. This is Heritage Radio Network on tour in Nashville, Tennessee. You can find our entire series by searching Heritage Radio Network on tour on iTunes, Stitcher, or at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a member-supported nonprofit organization. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. 
You can also keep in touch by subscribing to our newsletter and following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks, guys. Bye.